Blog Talk Radio. Coming to you live from Hermosa Beach, California. This is Blog Talk Radio, and the name of our show is 8CG Body Talk or 8CG Body for Life. And uh, the reason we put this show together, at least the reason I put the show together, I wanted to open up a forum um, so people actually can hear some practical um, uh, ways to implement the 8CG diet and also give a, a space for some questions and answers so you can get some of those questions that have been on your mind answered quickly. Most importantly, is to provide you with information that even though it's out there and available, some, sometimes it's hard to locate or there's so many different opinions. Um, so I'm going to share my experience because I think I had a pretty terrific experience with the uh, protocol and some of the things that I learned that will make doing this protocol easier to follow, easier to stick with, and to ma- easier to maintain your success. So that is the goal of our show every week is to bring you some valuable information that I hope you find valuable <clears throat> so that you can take on this protocol and not be worried about different different phases and be able to complete it successfully. So I'm going with today's topic today we're going to be covering phase 4 or what is called going back to normal eating your, your normal life. And it's ironic that this this is the question that I, I get a lot of people asking about before they start the protocol because okay great I lose weight but how do I keep it off? But it's funny I did a brief survey uh, last week asking people about you know, the different phases and what the questions were so I could actually put together the best content. And everyone, that when it came to phase three or four, they said, I'm not there yet, so I'm not worried about it. But what happens is, is once you get done with phase two and you move into phase three, all of a sudden the panic sets in. So I put these, uh, these radio shows together in chronological order so you can always go back and listen to them. And it's got, it covers basically phase one, the gorge phase, phase two, the very low-calorie diet phase, phase three, basically maintaining your weight, and this is phase four, how to go back to normal life and still maintain your weight. Now, for me, briefly, I'll just let you know my story, as short as possible, because, you know, every week is always somebody new, and they kind of, well, who am I and why do I know what I know? So I basically completed the uh, ACG protocol back in May of 2008, so it's almost exactly two years to the day that I did it again uh, a year later in 2009. And, and, and that's kind of why phase four is so important, because I did gain some of the weight back, and, you know, even in Dr. Simeon's protocol and Kevin Trudeau's version of the protocol, no one's ever really talked about, you know, implementing, you know, these phases and, and just said, well, you can just, your weight will stabilize and you can go back to normal eating, and that's not the case. Um, it, it's the case unless you do it the right way. And so they didn't really cover this. So I'm going to help you cover this because I think it's a huge, hugely important um, aspect of the diet. So basically, I was able to complete the protocol the first time, and I lost 41 pounds in the 43 days. And that alone is pretty miraculous, but was was really amazing was the fact that I completely reshaped my body. I mean, not only did I lose 10 years off of my looks, I actually took the clock back almost 20 years and had a physique that I had when I was 22 to 25 years old, you know, coming out of high school, you know, high school football and playing a little bit of college football, and didn't think I was ever going to see that body again. And, I, and I'm here to tell you that, Whatever your body was at, the, at its best, you have the ability to to, to regain that um, with this protocol. I've never seen it done with any other diet. I've tried pretty much everything out there, and it failed, or I failed it, or it failed me. But the bottom line is I could never lose enough weight, especially in the right areas, to make a difference in my overall appearance. So with that said, I'm going to get into the uh, content because we have a lot to cover in a very short period of time, and I also want to save some time for some Q&A at the end of the call. So some of the points we're going to be covering today is basically how do we go ahead and introduce starches and sugars, which are basically your carbohydrates, back into your diet. We're also going to cover, um, you know, eating to live instead of living to eat, which is, you know, something that I think most of us do, that our lives, you know, our focus of our lives are around food. And then we want to talk about portion control, which is really the key to maintaining your, your weight loss. And, and, and also maintaining some of the habits that you're going to learn or you've already learned depending on what uh, phase you're in with the protocol. 
So when we talk about sugars and starches, we're really talking about carbohydrates. And this is the danger zone for a lot of people because reintroducing these carbs or these sugars or starches into our diet too quickly can actually cause weight gain. And the goal is, is that you don't want to gain more than two pounds from your newly reset hypothalamus weight, body weight. And if, obviously if you put the wrong foods or the wrong combination of foods in too high of a content or, uh, in your body too quickly, you're going to see some weight gains. So we're going to talk about carbohydrates because, you know, people have, some people don't know what they are, so I'm going to cover what some of those are and, you know, basically how they work in our body, and, and they're hugely important, but how to basically carb cycle or, or, or kind of introduce the right carbs at the right time to help you maintain your weight for life, okay? So basically carbohydrates, what are carbohydrates? These are basically have your, your, your um, simple carbohydrates and you have your, your, um, your um, long-acting carbohydrates, but carbs are basically your beans and your breads and your pastas, your popcorns, your potatoes, cookies, spaghetti, um, soft drinks, you know, cherry pie, your, your, your fruit juices, even milk, yogurt, and, and uh, those also fall in those categories as, as long as other sweets. And by, by themselves, they're not really bad things. They're obviously very essential to our body. I mean, they basically control our blood sugar. Almost all carbs break down into sugars, and some of those sugars can either spike our blood sugar or stabilize our blood sugar, depending on which carbs we use. So the point is that we have to have carbs in our diet to have a balanced diet. The problem is, is that some of us are more sensitive to some cer certain carbs than others. Like I'm, I'm kind of sensitive to starchy carbs, so if I eat too many of them in the wrong combinations, I will find some weight gain. So that's every, you know, basically the, you know, the basic building blocks of carbohydrates are sugars, and they have to be broken down into sugars so our body can assimilate them. We also need these carbs basically to, for our energy, our daily energy, also for our muscle growth, um, but when we're working out and we, we have to put these carbs into our body along with our proteins. So how we're going to work, work on getting them back into our normal diet and introducing them to our diet is going to be very similar to how we did in phase three when we talked about gradually increasing your calorie intake from 500 calories to 800 to 1500 to whatever your, your natural daily calorie intake should be. Carbs are going to be very much, very much the same way. So as we talked about in the phase three, we talked about that it's a three-week um, stabilization phase, 21 days, and we talked about, you know, basically one, two, and three. Now we're going to continue with that with week four, five, and six. And this will, this will complete the process of basically um, stabilizing our weight and getting used to going back into our normal eating habits. And what was normal before you started this diet, is it should be and probably will be, not the same because you have, you know, acquired some habits or you should have acquired some habits in the process of just doing this diet. But you know that I'm sure you've heard that it takes 21 days to either break a, break a habit or create a new habit. So what have you been doing for the, for the you know, at least 26-day phase or the 43-day phase? Um, you've been measuring your portions. You've been eating fruits and vegetables. And if you've been combining your vegetables like we do here, um, then you're probably having six servings of vegetables, six to nine servings of vegetables a day. You're having your lean proteins. You're having your, um, your simple carbs, which are your, your fruits, your fresh fruits, your apple, your strawberries, your grapefruit, your orange, if you're, if you're eating oranges on your protocol. And you've basically been having a very balanced diet, but you've also been having very controlled portions. And now we do our portions a little bit differently when we do the ACG diet, and I've, I've shared that in, in, in the previous shows and, and on my blog and on my website that we combine our vegetables. So our plates do not look skimpy. I mean, we, when we have our meals, they look very full, um, and they're actually very filling, but we're not stuffed at the end of the process. So the goal is, is basically to, is to maintain those same portion controls as you move into your normal, as you move into phase three and also you move into phase four. And that's something that a lot of people don't, don't realize, that, that, you know, sometimes we don't pay attention to our, our portions. And really the, the success for keeping the weight off for the rest of your life is just being present. See, the, the, the HCD diet, one thing it does do, it forces you to be present. Guess what? You have to measure your food. You have to prepare your food. You have to take your time to figure out exactly what you're going to eat, how much you're going to eat, and when the next time you're going to eat. And guess what? You're present. You're paying attention to what you're putting into your body and how it's going into your body and how much is going into your body. What happens when we're off of a diet or off of some sort of protocol, we basically are reaching and grabbing for whatever impulse that we have, not paying attention or counting the calories that we intake. What happens usually is that we take in more calories 
than our body can process in any one day. And so where's it got to go? It's got to be stored as fat. So what we're going to do, basically, we're going to break down week, uh, week four, week five, and week six. If you don't have a pen or don't worry about it, you can always play this back. It's a podcast within a very short period of time after we finish the show. You can you know, play it back at your leisure and write down and stuff. But it's very important that you want to write this down and commit it to memory um, because it's going to save you a lot of heartache. You didn't spend this time losing the weight, reshaping your body, feeling fantastic to look at six months from now or three months from now or a year from now and go, what did I just do? I can't believe I let myself get back to where, to where I, I started. It's very discouraging. And what happens, a lot of people don't take the fight to go back and do it again. So with that said, we're going to talk about week four. This is the very first week out of your maintenance phase. If you've successfully completed your maintenance phase, you can get on the scale and your weight is stabilized. It doesn't drastically jump up or down depending on whatever you eat, whatever meal you eat. So you're kind of staying within two pounds, and it's just your weight is now stable, so it doesn't fluctuate as much. But now you want to go back to normal eating, and you have to figure out, well, how am I going to do that? Every process has a system of, of how to do it. And so what we're going to provide you with is just an easy system to follow so you can actually just get used to putting your foods together the right way. So what that looks like basically Say that week four, you're, you're, you're coming out and you, go, you want to now introduce um, your sugar or your starch, which is going to be one of these foods. And your favorite one you've missed was bread, for example. So now what you want to do, you want to have eat your bread, but you're going to have it in one meal. You're going to have your bread, and that's one day. The next day, you're going to introduce a different starch or sugar and eat that with one of your meals, but only have it once. And what this does basically, number one, is keeping you conscious and present again, but it's also your body is getting used to slow, you slowly implementing these sugars um, and, and, and um, carbs and starches back into your system. But also what it does, it also lets you know which sugars or which starches your body is sensitive to because you're, continue, you're going to continue to weigh yourself on a daily basis, and I do it every day. It's just a part of my my routine. I get up in the morning, go to the bathroom, I get on the scale, check my weight. And that lets me know how the day, how the day before went. So by you doing that, you'll notice if you eat a certain, say, baked potato or, you know, a certain sugar, sugary cereal, um, you'll know if your body reacts to it. And that's, that's what happens. You can actually write it down. You get an idea. Well, guess what? I'm sensitive to baked potatoes, so I'm going to limit the amount of baked potatoes I have throughout my week or throughout my month. But at least you don't have to eliminate it completely, but at least you have an idea of how your body's reacting to it. So for the entire week of that fourth week, you're going to introduce one new starch or sugar into your diet a day. Very simple. So now you get to enjoy whatever it is you've been missing and thought you'd never have again, but instead of having it all the time, you're having it once throughout the day. As we move into week five, and this is where you're going to now, you're going to have, you're going to join, you're going to have two carbs together, but you're not going to eat them at the same meal. So now you get to, have, not to, get to enjoy two different uh, carbs, either your, you know, your starch or your sugary carb, but now you're going to have them at different times, so not the same meal. But now you get to have two in a day. And you do that same thing for the next week, introducing different starches and different sugars into your diet and watching how your body reacts to it. Okay? So you do that for the entire next week. And what happens when you do things like that over a seven-day period, not only are you pay attention to what's going on with your body, not only are you present, but you're also realizing what foods your body is sensitive to and which ones work for you and which ones don't. Then as you move into week six, you're going to now – Combine your carbs in the same meal. So now you can actually have, you know, your, say, your, your oatmeal and your toast. You've got two, you know, basically um, starchy carbs in the same meal. You're going to pay attention to your body. You're also introducing your body slowly to something new, and you're going to see how it reacts. Once you've completed the three weeks of doing this, you pretty much would have had every sugary carb or um, starchy carb that you normally would eat, eliminating whatever you think is just your Achilles heel. There are some foods you're going to say, look, you know what, once in a blue moon I'm going to have this, this type of food because it's just not good for me. And uh, what happens is your mindset changes. After you've been eating clean, what, if you don't realize what happens is that you've been, your body's been detoxed from sugars and, and certain cravings. And it's your choice if you want to awaken the beast from within or if you're going to let the sleeping dog lie. 
And, you know, basically that is your choice. And, and if you know who you, if you know, you know what type of person you are, um, then for, for example, if you're a person that goes to a birth, you know, birthday party and you have a piece of birthday cake and you can have a slice of birthday cake, enjoy it, it was great, and walk away from the table and be fine with it, then that's someone who actually can have some control over, certain, over that particular food or certain foods. If you're like me and you have a piece of cake and all of a sudden it's like, wow, that was an amazing cake, and you're back for two and three helpings of that cake, then if given a choice of having a pie at the table or having a cake at the table, and I like pie, but I don't like it as much as I like cake, then my conscious choice would be, look, you know what, I'm going to pass on the cake and I'm just going to have the pie because I'm still going to have something sweet, I'm still going to have a treat, but guess what, I'm not going to be out of control with it. So, you know, it's like, you know, I have some history with addiction. I mean, for years I was, you know, uh, you know addicted to a, a drug, and it, it didn't matter if I went a year or two years without doing the drug, but every time I picked the drug up or was at a party and did it, it basically would start taking, you know, taking control of my life. So I, I had to learn that, guess what, you know, abstinence is the only way to, for me to succeed in, in not, not being a victim of my addiction. It, I mean, it doesn't matter if it's a, you know, a legal drug or if it's sugar, which is, which is a legal drug, one of the most potent drugs on the planet. It doesn't matter. If you know that you have a weakness, then guess what? Be intelligent to say, look, I'm just going to bypass that and choose, you know, choose another poison, if you will. You know, I always say choose your poisons. You, know, <laughs> you can choose one that makes you sick or choose one that's deadly. And uh, so I'll choose the ones that will make me sick versus deadly. And that just gives you a brief hint if you know, if you know who you are and you know how you are when, it's, when it comes to certain foods. But after you've now gone through the process of basically reintroducing these foods back into your, into your system, you're going to make choices of some foods you're going to skip for life or at least skip for quite some time. You want to also avoid overeating. Now, we talked about in, in, in the last broadcast about, you know, your body has its own natural um, maximum calorie intake, for maintaining weight, if you exceed that on a regular basis, you'll gain weight. If you reduce your calories on a regular basis, you'll lose weight. And this is a way for you to actually control where you want to be as far as your weight is concerned. Well, the same, the same, that same premise has to be in place when you start introducing other foods that you've not had for quite some time. Um, you want to still make, make, make sure you're staying within your daily calorie intake. If you splurge on a certain you know, sugary um, food, you know, as long as you're staying within your your maximum calorie intake for that particular day, and you're conscious that that's what that's the choice you made, then the very next day you can correct that by eating you know eating healthier. You're still gonna you're still gonna maintain your weight. So it's being conscious and basically you know paying attention. Now, I'm not saying you have to weigh every single thing you eat and count every single calorie. It's almost impossible really to count calories accurately. But the point is that most of us who gain weight and our weight becomes out of control is because we live unconscious. We open cabinets and open, pick up foods and open packages and eat them without even paying attention. If you're going to have some chips, reach in, take a handful of chips, put it on a napkin, close the bag up, walk away, sit down, eat those chips. If you have the bag in front of you, you're going to unconsciously just eat the entire bag. If you're going to have a slice of cake, then get a slice of cake, take the cake, walk away, eat, eat it someplace else, and just savor that moment in, that you enjoyed it and ignore the, the, the impulse to go back and have another piece because you really don't need it. You've got to enjoy your treat and call it a day. So let's talk about the overeating issues because it, it, it happens. And also what you don't want to do is to try to avoid you know, putting both high-fat and high-carb meals together. So, for example, you don't want to go ahead and, 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 and have a lot of uh, fried food or, or, or foods you've mixed with, you know, you've used with, you know, partially hydrogenated oils or hydrogenated oils, and then go ahead and mix that with your baked potato. I know sometimes it kind of comes together that way, but if you're paying attention and just being conscious and try, you can either have a high fat, all the high fat meal you want or have the high carb meals you want, but the combinations is what get us, and we don't realize that. And actually, the food industry has put certain foods together that actually are poor combinations that cause it to get fat. I and mean, you can have you know, chips and salsa, which is a starch chips or a starchy uh, carb, and have some salsa, but then when you take the chips, salsa, and you add guacamole, which is even though avocados are good for you, they're considered a high fat, even though it's a good fat, it's still a high fat food. You put that combination together, and all of a sudden that combination becomes highly caloric and highly fattening. So just kind of you know, paying attention to how you're putting your foods together can make a huge difference between you maintaining your weight and gaining your weight back. And literally it's not like it's difficult. It's just about 
just to just try and remember how conscious you were about losing the weight, how conscious you were about maintaining your weight, and just don't throw you know throw it all away when you get to the point where now you have a free for all to eat whatever it is, it is you can. Also, you want to you know like we talked about portion control and 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 keeping the habits. One habit I think you should keep for life is measuring is weighing yourself every day. It's going to have a weighing yourself. Reason being, it kind of gives you an indication if you had too much sodium the day before or too much too much of anything because anything in excess is going to cause a problem because what happens is when you get away with it or you get used to doing it it becomes a new habit and you want to kind of you want to take the bad habits you've gotten rid of to embrace the new ones that, that basically are on a path of healthy living and kind of maintain that so when you're on the scale it actually reminds you whoa yesterday was a little too much with the margaritas and the chips and the salsa so today i'm going to have a low carb low fat uh, diet day and guess what I'll, I'll balance out tomorrow and that's really the, the way to do it um, it also counts when you travel take out an extra pair of shoes that you think you need and put in your scale because when you're on vacation that is the kiss of death every time that my wife and I gained weight off of the protocol was not living at home because we ate at home we ate very very healthy but when we were away that was difficult, trying to you know, eat at buffets, and you got all-inclusive, you got the drinks, you got the food. And what happens is, is that the portion, you, you got using their buffets, you can go back as much as you want, and all the stuff is basically, you know, bad combinations, or you have to be very careful which combination you choose. But what happens when you don't have a scale, all of a sudden you come back and you're 10 pounds heavier than you were when you left. And the 10 pounds may not show up automatically in your, in your clothes or in the mirror, but what happens is that is the part where it just, at that point, it just sneaks up on you. All of a sudden, 10 pounds becomes 15 pounds, and all of a sudden you realize it when your pants get too tight or your skirt gets too tight. So in order to avoid that, if you have the scale with you, it doesn't mean you can't indulge. And, I mean, everything is a conscious choice. If you want to you know, drink all the margaritas you want one day and eat all the fattening food you day, that day, celebrate, have a great time, but the next day, you can just constantly just cut it back a bit and maintain. So same thing when we talk about restaurant eating. Um, so many times you go to a restaurant and you don't realize that the portions you're getting are actually designed for two. I mean, it, basically there's enough food on the plate for two, for two people. And we have a tendency, it's so good, it's a restaurant, we're, going, we're dining out, that we end up eating everything or most everything and we take home a doggy bag. A doggy bag is a good sign that you had too much food. Now, something that my wife and I do almost every single time that we dine out, we find a meal that we both like, the foods we both like, we split the meal, we usually order a big salad, and we split the salad, and we end up having the right portion for us. We walk away from the table feeling completely satisfied, not overstuffed, and guess what? We have no doggy bag, you know, nothing to consume at 12 o'clock at night when you get home. You know, and that's a very easy way to make sure that you're still maintaining the similar portions you would when you're eating at home versus when you're out. And, you know, it, it, people don't realize that it takes about 30 minutes for your body to process or, 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 or fill the, the feel, feeling of hunger and cravings and food. And what happens is that most of us don't take 30 minutes to eat a meal. We basically wolf it down as it comes in and we're pretty much done within 10 to 15 minutes. So by the time you've actually finished a meal, you've already overstuffed. And how many times have you walked away from a table going, oh, man, I ate too much. You feel uncomfortable. You just want to unbutton your pants. You want to lay down someplace. And if you don't think it feels good, it doesn't feel good for a reason because of the fact that you, you basically have overloaded your body. And in most cases, you probably have overloaded your calorie intake for the day. So keep that in mind. Just give you a bunch of things you can think about while you're living your life. Okay? Um, let's see. And if we can keep the thought process of eating to live and not living to eat, that really is the, you know, the, um, what do you want to, well, I don't know what to call that, but the euphemism that you can use for maintaining a, a, a normal, healthy eating life. If you think of food basically as, you know, sustenance, the necessary fuel for your body in order for you to function and to feel strong and healthy and normal and not be something that everything you eat is a treat, therefore you're entitled to ten times the amount that you need, this is the easiest way for you to maintain your weight. Bottom line is you eat to where you're, 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 full, you're full, you feel the feeling of being full, and then you stop. And that's the, that stopping is where a lot of us have a hard time. So it's always better to take a smaller portion, and if you really feel necessary to go back and get another one, fine, but to fill your plate up with, with all the stuff you think you're going to have to have and then try and polish it off, 
you know, that's where you're going to find yourself some problems. I mean, as and I don't know about you, but you know, when I grew up, you know, it was like you finish everything on your plate, don't leave the table till you're done. And I don't think our parents really, you know, realized that by forcing us to eat beyond what we were full, you know, by you know beyond that capacity of being full, that we actually were preparing us to overeat for the rest of our lives. So the point is, is that portion control is still the key. It doesn't matter if you're at a friend's barbecue or if you're at a restaurant or you're at home. If you, if you can't measure it, then basically think about it. The palm of your hand is basically the right portion of any given meal or any given dish for you. So the point is, if you look at the palm of your hand and you compare what you're putting on your plate and it would fit in the palm of your hand, then you have a pretty good indication that you have enough food for yourself. So if you treat every dish like a sampler and you have just a little bit of everything, so you get all the flavors of all the foods you want, but you maintain the portions, you're not going to have any time, any problems keeping your weight and controlling your weight. So I just want you to keep that in mind. We're almost done here, and then we're going to move into Q&A, so bear with me a couple more seconds. Um, let's see. Know your limitations, um, and just you know, basically wanting to 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 um, have a balanced, nutritious diet, and that includes all you know. That includes basically the proteins and the carbs and the fats and the sugars. I mean, bottom line, skipping any one thing out of your out of your diet completely is going to leave you unbalanced. We need to have all those type of foods, except for the processed foods and the the foods that have you know names and ingredients you can't pronounce them. You know, I learned you know not too long ago, actually a year and a half, two years ago, you know, after reading Kevin Trudeau's book, that you know that it made a lot of sense. If you're picking up a, a can or a bag of something, and you can't read the words, and the, all the words sound like a chemical. It's a pretty good indication that it's not in your best interest to consume it. And guess what? The stuff that's not in your best interest to consume tastes the best. And there's no, there's no, there's no mistake in that. that. There's a reason for it. And we can, we can either be suckers and, and be fools and, and be fooled by the food industry and eat the junk that they want to poison us with, or we can be conscious and eat real food. If you eat real food, that means real fruits, real vegetables, what you've been basically doing on the ACG diet, but now you know your your portion limitations can be increased to where it's normal for your normal calorie intake. When you're off the diet, you're not going to have any problem maintaining your weight, and it's not rocket science. It's just being present and being 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 you know paying attention to the most important part of you, and that's basically being staying healthy. And I think anyone who goes through this protocol and, and has the discipline to complete it and goes through the phases and you look amazing and feel amazing, nothing feels more amazing than being in control of and, and being the demon that's been beating you for, the, for your entire life. And the best way to do that is just to take heed to some of these, some of these suggestions, take them in, um, practice them, and make them be a part of your life, and you're going to be perfectly fine. So with that said, I think that I've pretty much covered all that I want to cover in this call I'm just going to recap real fast so you guys can kind of get the, the, the big trigger points. So bottom line is basically, you know, when you're adding your starches and sugars, you gradually put your combinations together one week at a time, not one day at a time. Um, you want to eat to live and not live to eat. So basically just be conscious and present. Um, portion control is the key to success in, in, in maintaining any balanced weight um, and body shape, and then just maintain the habits that you've learned throughout the weeks you've been on the protocol, and you'll be perfectly fine. So with that said, I'm going to open up the phone phone lines for questions, and we can do Q&A for about 29 minutes, and, and we'll be on. Uh, I just wanted to let you know on the Q&A, try and keep the questions to the, to the protocol. I don't care if it's phase one, two, or three, or four. Uh, if there's anything about you buying your HCG and you couldn't get it or it didn't mix it or you lost it, I'd be more than happy to talk to you uh, out, off the call. But I just want to make sure I, I save enough time to get everybody's questions answered. So with that said, I'm, I, somebody got the hand up here, so it's 832-644-9045. So I'm unmute you and go ahead if you have a question. Hi. Um, I haven't started the protocol yet, um, but I just wanted to get um, – I, I, I tried it before, but it was with uh, with another um, office, and I just wasn't able to um, to to sustain, I think, the, the 500 calories. Um, so I am, re I am starting it again on Monday um, with your, you know, with your program, and I just wanted to know if there's any, you know, tips or anything that anybody can recommend 
um, as far as to really staying on the protocol. You know, I, I read over your information about how to cook your food ahead of time and things like that, um, but I just wanted to see if anyone had any, you know, additional suggestions as I, you know, want to be successful on the program. Okay. Let me ask a quick question, and I'll open the lines for other people if they have suggestions. But the quick question is, what was the reason, what about the 500 calories were you not able to sustain? Was it not enough food, or you just, what was it? No, it, it the, the, the lady that I went to told me that I wasn't supposed to be that hungry. And I was literally, I mean, I, I was starving. I, I felt like I was, I mean, like I had to eat. Um, and I'm not an overeater. I don't eat a lot. Um, I normally just normally I don't even eat a lot of food, you know, and at that point I was just I felt like I was just starving and that was the only thing that was stopping me because I always felt um, after after my two load up days. I'll be honest with you, the second day by lunchtime or by dinner, I, I was I was starving. So I kept but I didn't stop. I did it okay. for like a whole week. I got and then I, I got still you. was, and I was still hungry after the week. Okay, you. let me ask that for you. Okay, it's been my experience that if you are hungry, that either you don't, you're not, your body does not have enough HCG in it, because I, I can tell you right now, any this diet is not supposed to be, uh, this protocol is not supposed to be, you're not supposed to starve, you're not supposed to feel hungry, you're not supposed to, not supposed to suffer in any way, form or fashion. Those who oh. are suffering in any way, form or fashion will end up quitting the protocol. It, it happens every single time. Okay. Um, so usually it means that you didn't have enough ACG in your system. Uh, it does also matter if you had sublingual versus injection. Now, that itself doesn't matter, but, you know, it depends if you had, were you doing real ACG or, this, or homeopathic ACG? I was doing real ACG. I was doing it underneath my tongue. I did the dropper. Okay. They mixed it at okay. the, she, she has a pharmacy. They mixed it there. Perfect. and. Okay, good. I dropped it under my tongue, and that was, you know, and that was it. So I didn't know if the um once in the morning. Okay. All right. Well, see, most most sublingual dosages are twice twice a day. Um, I've oh. seen some as high as three times a day. So um, okay. that's sad that you went through that because you're not supposed to be hungry. If you're hungry, that's a clear indication that the HCG is not working. Therefore, it's not enough in your system. So oh, really? Okay, I wasn't aware of that. Future reference, if you're hungry, then you increase your dosage of AT&G until you're not hungry, but don't exceed the maximum dose that is recommended. So okay. um, that, that will help. Okay. Also, okay. Um, one of the big tricks that people don't realize, and, you know, and the, you know, the, the ATG forums will you know, beat me up and you know, spank me for, for <laughs> suggesting this, but I'm telling you that this is, this is what works for me, works for my family, everyone that, that I've, I've walked through this protocol. Combine your vegetables. Your plate should look, if you have a normal 12-inch plate, you should have your 3.5 ounces of whatever protein you have on the plate, and okay. you should have your vegetables, but you can combine your, you know, your, your, uh, your what is it, asparagus and your onions and tomatoes, on, and you combine your vegetables. I know it says only have one vegetable, but look at it. If you have a 3.5-ounce piece of chicken and one you know, Vegetable. three okay. asparagus tips. I'm sorry, <laughs> it's not enough food, okay? Right. Is your vegetables are almost like free calories. It takes a cup of broccoli, like 35 calories. Okay? Right. So <laughs> like I'm so hungry. A cup of broccoli, a cup of asparagus, a cup of tomatoes, and it's still not even break 100 calories. So right. bottom line is, people, please combine your vegetables um, and, and make sure that your portions look like there's something that you could actually eat on a normal given day because the, okay. the ACG is flushing your body full of fat to, to give you energy, so all you need to do is have your own sustenance with your food. So that's a okay. great question. Thank you for that, and you're going to have no Thank problem the second time around because you know how to you know how to solve the problem, and you have me to call if you if you're starving, call me. I'll, I'll tell you. What okay. You <laughs> okay. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Anybody else have any input on that particular question or have another question? All the lines are open, so feel free just to say your name and and uh, and where you're calling from and what your question is or answer. That's a great question. Don't be shy. I see you guys on the call. There's plenty of you. So, anybody? So nobody's got any questions. I got somebody chatting in the background. Quiet one of these lines and see which one it is. That was the record. That was that was us talking. Oh, was it? Yeah, that that was. Ton of people on this call and nobody seems to have any questions. So yeah, so I guess you know it's funny that we're talking about phase four, which a lot of you are not even there yet. So you're like going, well, it's not that big of a deal because I'm not there yet. But I guarantee you, in a few weeks. When you're yeah. done with phase three and the panic sets in, you're going to want to replay this 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 uh, 
this dumb call because that is the scariest part of finishing any diet. The reason why it's going to be skinny because you're going to be scary because you're going to look incredible. You would have lost a ton mm-hmm. of weight, and now you're into these new clothes. And if you're like me and you're really brave, I threw out every single thing that was too big for me. I basically, you know, got fit into the, you know 30, about 32 inch jeans from 36 and 38 jeans. I got rid of 38, 36 jeans, and basically forced myself that if I got, if I gained any weight that I had only one choice. I had to go back, I had to go back and, 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 and drop the weight because I wasn't going to go buy new clothes. I wasn't going to buy new clothes that were bigger size. I refused. Mm-hmm. absolutely told myself, never again am I going to wear a 34, 36, or 38 jean. It's never going to happen. So I basically okay. got rid of all of them. But if you're not that brave and you keep you know, one size up, that's, that's fine. But you're basically telling yourself psychologically, you're letting yourself off the hook. The right. bottom line is I don't believe I can do this, so I'm going to go ahead and just you know, save this in case I gain the weight back. Um, you know, that's kind of like, you know, kind of a self-fulfilled prophecy, if you ask me. Colin. So I got another hand up here. Oh. Hold on a second. Yeah, go ahead. Um, I wanted, yes, I wanted, this is the same person. I wanted to ask, I, when I was reading, um, because I've taken appetite suppressants before, um, do you, are you okay with the fentermine doing the, doing the protocol? Uh, I don't think you should need it. To be honest with you, okay. if you're just if you have absolutely out of control um, hunger, if it's going to keep you on the on the straight and narrow, then then you know it's been suggested it works well. Um, okay. I don't think you should need it. If you're doing it right, doing this protocol right, you should not be hungry. And any hunger okay. you have, we're talking about phantom hunger. You're going to have to learn the difference between real hunger and psychological hunger, and that's the, that's just your your body going. I wish I could have a candy bar right now. If you're hungry for a candy bar or something that's not in the protocol, it's not hunger. It's your, it's basically a craving, which will die off after a couple of weeks. But that's not hunger. If you're hungry for more food, more real food, mm-hmm. like more protein or more vegetables, that means mm-hmm. you're hungry, and then we, we we need to address that, depending on where you are in the protocol. So we have uh, 504-837-9559 here okay. on the air. Hi, Colin. Hi. Um, I was wondering, does the homopathic work as well as the regular? Well, uh, the only thing I can answer that is that I don't know anything about the homeopathic because from all the studies that I wanted to know about, I did some research to figure out what exactly it was because I see it on the web everywhere. And uh, from my understanding, it's not real HCG. It's basically, they say it's a diluted version of HCG, but technically HCG cannot be sold unless it's it's under a prescription or under a doctor uh, in the U.S. and you can buy it outside of the U.S. But all these homeopathic sites, it's like a multi-level marketing thing. Anybody can sell it. And from what I understand, it is basically an appetite suppressant, some vitamins and minerals in a spray bottle, and that basically people are, are, are being, their hunger is being suppressed by an appetite suppressant, but they're not really using HCG. So the concern is, is that when you're losing weight, you're losing muscle and fat at the same time. And the point is that you not only, the only fat you want to lose is your abnormal fat, and which is a fat that basically has no real purpose in your body. Your structural fat that you need to basically protect your muscles and your organs, that needs to be untouched along with your muscles. You don't want, you don't want your muscle uh, percentage to go down. So from what I understand, if homeopathic HCG doesn't have real HCG in it, and it can be sold anywhere just by, you know, on the pre-mixed and made and sent to you in a bottle, my concern would be that your whatever weight you're going to lose is going to be structural uh, muscle and fat, some okay. fat, I guess, but the percentage so is going to be too high. So what's going to happen is you're going to, you may lose the weight, but you're going to be a big flab ball. Gotcha. And then you have to work to, work to get that muscle back. So I'm not trying to badmouth them. The point is that the only thing that I know that clinically works to – to release stored fat in the body, which is what HCG does, so you can use it as energy and expel it from the body, so all you have left, that's why you get reshaped, is that that's real HCG. Anything less than that is going to attack the muscles, which to me, in my case, would have been horrible. So, right. so and is there anyone that you recommend you. better than the other? Or is there different uh, You know what, types? I mean, of different sites? Uh, no, different types of HCG. Oh, no, you know, to be honest with you, most of the, most, you know, people have asked this question about, you know, wondering if they're going to get real HCG. i got to tell you that most of the places that are selling HCG, if you're not going to a doctor locally, but you're buying it from the site, the sites that I recommend or the, anywhere, anywhere on the web, 
ATG for these countries outside of the country to, to produce ATG, it's, it's, it's actually cost them a fraction of what it costs, what they sell it for, even though they sell it for really cheap. There really is no upside to, to somehow giving you some kind of fake powder that doesn't work. I mean, so really I haven't found anybody that's had a case of, of getting fake HCG from any of these sites. I mean, some have gotten some outdated stuff or they or they or they got their instructions and they diluted too much. But to be honest with you, it doesn't matter if it's Hukog or Chorionic. As long as you're getting either the, you know, the, the right IUs um, for the mixing that you're doing and you're getting it from a trusted site, you shouldn't have a problem. Okay. And, you know, versus sublingual versus injections, I personally believe injections give you a more consistent um, amount of ACG in the body. You can actually control exactly how many um, IUs you're putting in your system. Sublingually, you have to... Put it on your tongue. You have to wait 15 minutes. You can't eat 15, 20 minutes before or 20 minutes after. You got to do it twice a day. You got to carry, carry around with you. To me, it's too much work. Um, right. But both work really well. I just had an email from a, a older gentleman, 54 years old. He's, he's lost 16 and a half pounds in eight days doing it sublingually. So it obviously works well. So I don't want you not to do the HCV protocol because you're afraid of needles. By all means, do it sublingually. But I do recommend you mix it yourself. That way you know exactly what you're getting and you're not yet buying some pre-mixed stuff that you have no, no clue what's in the bottle. Thank you so much. No, that was a great question. Thank you. Thank you. Um, let's see. Anybody else have a hand up or a question? I can Because if you don't know how to put your hand up, which to be honest with you, I haven't been on that side of the call. So how did, how did you guys know how to put your hand up? I told you on the call, right? Anybody want to? You guys, you two just, just had questions. What did they tell you to do to put your hand up? To ask a question. Nobody? Okay. Yeah. What did they tell you to do to put your hand up to ask a question on your side of the phone call? Oh, I wasn't on the call. I don't know. <laughs> oh, well, you I didn't came on your hand up. That's why it's kind of weird. You already have your hand up. I guess you must and I didn't know. Hand. I just pushed the mute button. That's all I did. <laughs> oh, did you? You pushed the mute button. Okay. Well, maybe, yeah. that, that, maybe that puts your hand up there. Okay. Um, all right. Does anybody have any other questions? We got about 18 minutes left. Uh, we can either use them up or we can end the call if you think you got all you needed. But this is a great time, and there's no dumb question. Um, and like I said, it doesn't matter if it's about phase one or phase three. Just shoot away and kill the time so we can get some. Because your question is probably on someone else's mind. All right. Well, I'll just go ahead and. Oh. Colin? Yeah. Hello? Yeah. Hello? Yes, go ahead. Hi, Colin. This is Keisha Jones from Virginia. How are you? Good. How are you, Keisha? Doing well. I first wanted to thank you for giving me such a quick call back uh, last weekend when I ordered my HCG. I was a little bit confused on um, how many vials to get. So thank you so much for that. Not a, Not a problem. And I just got on the call, so um, I'm going to have to go back and replay it anyway. Um, but my question is, hopefully it hasn't been asked already, but um, I'm really excited about getting started. Um, so hopefully my HCG, HCG will be here shortly. But um, my question is, did you experience any side effects? Um, I've been reading up a lot as to the different side effects, and I don't see where there's a whole heck of a lot um, according to the sites that I've gone to. But... Um, maybe if you know side effects that others have experienced, I just kind of want to be completely in the know going into it. Yeah, So absolutely. if I experience something, I'll know kind of, okay, well, this is nothing or this is something I need to maybe go to the doctor right. or get checked out or something. Great question. Um, the reason why it's hard to find a lot of side effects for ACG because there really isn't a whole lot. This is the good news, okay? I mean, bottom line, ACG is a hormone. It's found in our bodies naturally. It's found in larger quantities in pregnant women. But we're not putting something foreign into our, into our body, which makes it, makes it nice that it actually assimilates quite well. But the side effects, um, some people find that some people get, uh, suffer a little bit of lethargy. They, get, they feel a little tired. Um, energy levels are low. Now, it's also, you know, that can be balanced out with supplements and also making sure your, your, your portions are, are in the correct portion that you're actually eating enough protein. Um, you know, but that's one of the side effects. Uh, if you want to call it a side effect, I mean, lack of appetite. That's, a, that's considered a side effect, but that's not a bad one. I like that <laughs> in the case one. Of dieting. Yeah. Um, another one is constipation. You know, what happens is after like, probably within the first week, after the first week, you're eliminated. All of a sudden, if you're used to eliminate every day or twice a day or three times a day, all of a sudden that goes to one or none. Um, 
you know, that can be that can be a little disturbing. So I always recommend, you know, having on hand is a, um, you know, what's called a smooth move tea or, or, or um, lacy Laboe tea, which is an herbal tea that helps you. Um, we actually drank it, a cup of it every night. But what's also really, really good that, that I recommend is like every four or five days, take an X-lax pill. And the reason being is because even though you, the tea may help you eliminate something, a small amount, and as long as you eliminate something, that's fine. And you can actually go a couple of days without eliminating, but for me, it, it makes me really uncomfortable. So personally, but um, the X-lax I found that actually will, will give, will actually eliminate all the stuff that's being stored up in your body, and you'll actually notice the scale will. You may, you, you can actually hold three pounds or four pounds worth of junk, or food, or waste in your system. So what happens? It'll actually help your numbers look a little bit better. So every four or five days, I recommend having an X-lax pill to alleviate the backup. And and I would just make I would have a cup of lacy Laboe tea every night while you're on the protocol, just to help you help your body continue to eliminate. Because that's one of the side effects that that for some people it freaks them out, which I'm one of them, um, is not being able to go to the bathroom normally every day. Um, headaches. You may get a mild headache from the HCG. It happens. It seems to be more common in women than men. Um, and it lasts, it lasts anywhere from a few days to a week. We're not talking about a migraine, but we're just talking about a, a nagging little little headache in the back of your back of your system. Not sure why that is, but um, that just seems to be one of them that I, I hear people have. It's not really common, but it can happen. So if you're getting it, if you get a mild headache, just know you're not having a brain aneurysm, and you're fine. You just, it's just a part of the a part of the ACG in the system for some reason. But um, I think is there anything else? I really, I think that's pretty much, pretty much it as far as side effects. There's really no, no known, huge, life-threatening side effects out there, and I think that's kind of one of the reasons that the naysayers have a difficult time, you know, fighting this protocol because it works and, it, and it's natural and it's, uh, you know, it's, it's found in your body anyway. So, good question. But if you experience any of those things, just know that it's, it's normal uh, and it's nothing to be alarmed about. Okay. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you for the question. Anyone else? Lines open. We got oh. 13 minutes left. Yes, I wanted to know if. Um, well, my husband is just sitting here with me on the call. He wanted to know, is it okay to do a uh, like a colon cleanse or a cleanse before you start the protocol, or not? Or is it not? Do you not recommend that? No, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, that's one thing about the Kevin Trudeau version of the protocol that I really liked. I, my wife did the colon cleanses, and uh, I actually did colonics um, before I started the protocol um, to help kind of get some of the toxins out, out of my body beforehand. But she did the whole colon cleanse process. And really, I think that, you know, you're still, if you do them or don't do them, you're still going to lose weight on this protocol and lose, lose a lot of weight, and it's going to be fine. I think the cleanses actually happen, and they actually help more in the maintenance and stabilization stage of the protocol because you really have detoxed your body from all the metals and all the, the gunk that's in there. My only problem with the colon cleanse is I haven't found one that really does what it says it does. Okay, that was my next question. Do you recommend one over the yeah, other? Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, we tried so many of them, and none of them, you know, gave you that, you know, that big blob that comes out of the toilet, you know, that's right. long. <laughs> yeah, it's never happened. We've tried a yeah. lot. Yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, because I mean, we're, I mean, we've tried some. We're all like looking for parasites and bugs and yeah, all, all that's kinds the only of stuff that they, I really don't know <laughs> which one, yeah, which one works or doesn't work. If anybody happens to, to know one, they've tried it and it worked to any capacity. Please email me and let me know because I don't know, man. Nothing, none of them seem to to work. But other, like I said, the overall cleansing process, I mean, especially doing the iron, I mean, the metal cleanse and the colon cleanse and the candida cleanse. I mean, candida is one of the things I have of candida growth that just comes out of my skin and it just comes off and on for 15 years. And the only thing that seems to kill it off is the HCG diet protocol killed it off for, at least killed it off for a year. And then it, then it suddenly started to come back and it must be because of something I'm eating. I think that any kind of sugars I put in my body, it just loves it and it starts to grow again. But is that um, what, what type of skin condition is that? Because I have one also, but it's where you get a rash that's kind of comes out of your skin. And it's kind of it can be red and it can turn white and it's kind of like scaly looking and it's just and the sun when you get in the sun it seems like it's just it's like comes alive. Okay, and I um, I have eczema. That's why I was asking. So hopefully maybe yeah, that'll help. It kind of looks like eczema, except it's just splotchy and it's all over. It, it, for me, okay. it's, in my, it's in my back and my back, my torso and my chest, my back and my torso. 
uh, mostly, okay. but it, and it, and it kind of comes and goes. But uh, when I was on the protocol, it, it seemed like it killed it off. And I think it's because of the fact that you have no sugars in your system, and you're basically, you know, cleaned out, and it just dies. But well, apparently, I guess a piece of it lives, so it, it did come back eventually. Okay, cool. Thank you. Great question. Thank you. Anybody else? All right, going once, going twice, sold. All right, well, then we're going to sign off. I really appreciate you guys being on the call. Um, I hope you got some good information about it. As usual, I'm going to keep my blog going and, and um, keep the website updated. And, and anything, anything new that I find that, uh, that uh, is valuable, I will definitely um, put it out there. Actually, in the process of creating an a e-book um, with video tutorials and whole nine yards to actually walk people through this protocol from beginning to end every step of the way, including the meals and the mixing of the vegetables, because, you know, I've gotten so many people that said, they just don't get it. You know, even though it's in the protocol, it's written down in front of you. If you have ADHD like me, reading something, sometimes it just doesn't process. I have to read it three or four times. I'm a person who likes to learn through video tutorials. I can stop the video and do exactly what it's doing at the same time. So I've been putting that together for a while, and hopefully it will be done next month. And maybe that will help be another helpful tool, and especially covering phase three and phase four, which the protocol doesn't do. Kevin Trudeau didn't cover it, and Dr. Simeon didn't really cover it as far as what to do once you've lost the weight and the protocol is done. Also, how to transition from phase two and, and build muscle and reshape the body and not just lose the weight, but actually look like you, you actually transformed. And so all that's going to be covered in that, and I uh, hope you guys enjoy it when it comes out. But in the meantime, I'm going to keep plugging in and giving you all the information I can give you um, whenever it comes up. So I appreciate you being here on the call. Thank you so much. God bless you, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Thank Bye-bye. you. Thanks, Colin. Bye. Bye. You're welcome. Thank you.